Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me. This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. Well, hello and welcome to episode 28 of Bold Business Bits podcast show. This is Ros Jones and today I'm joined by Natalie Foster of North Yorkshire Law. Natalie's had an amazing and fascinating journey so far. From A-level law to a career in department stores, banking and back to the law, she also raised a family and returned to full-time university education before helping to revive and grow the law firm where she's now an equity partner. We talk about sacrifices we make to find our true path, the importance of tenacity in getting out of our comfort zone, among other things, working together as a team to make things happen, and also how new routes to entering the law have made it more accessible to others. Listen on and enjoy our show. Hi, Natalie. Hello, Ros. So, Natalie, we've known each other a short while, but I know that you weren't always in North Yorkshire law. So can you tell us a bit about how you came to be there? Certainly, my journey is unorthodox, to say the least. But however, I feel that we wouldn't be in the place that we are in now had it not been for the route that has been taken. I initially studied A-level law, leaving school and going to sixth form and always wanted to progress in a career in law. And in the late 90s, when I was at sixth form college, for one reason or another, was unable to move to university and complete a law degree. And I wasn't hugely au fait on any other particular route at becoming a solicitor or lawyer at that time. Initially, took a couple of jobs doing various bits and pieces. Did you always want to be a lawyer then? Yes, I did. Yeah, it was something that I always aspired to become when I was young kind of teenage years and something that my parents believed I could achieve however I think at that period in my life I just wasn't ready yeah um, I wasn't wholly focused on the long-term goals personally and uh, certainly wasn't ready to to commit to a university degree and move away from home so I always worked full-time sometimes working two and three jobs at a time started working in the retail sector and was very fortunate after working for a couple of concessions and department stores. Um, in Scarborough? It was in Helmsley. I okay. worked for uh, Browns of York. Oh, yeah, I know. I was then promoted to concession manager where I had three small businesses that I essentially managed within this large department store. So very from a quite a young age, early 20s, I was liaising with multiple parties, namely the business owners managing their product sales, performance, etc., marketing, speaking to the host, store manager, and obviously dealing with clients. Started off rather humbly, was offered a, a management position at Arcadia Limited, which was in their flagship store in York, which was the largest Topshop shop that they had in the UK, apart from Oxford Circus, and ended up running 12 concessions on wow. their first floor of their store, liaising with Oxford Circus and going and visiting there and cascading information, bringing their various different product displays back with us and, and helping run a team of staff. Fantastic training. It's where I learned the most, I believe. It's my first introduction to, 
certain you know, golden nuggets that you have, such as working yeah. smartly, measuring performance, creating reports, hosting meetings, etc. So it was a very, it was my first professional role in which I was part of a wider management team. After a couple of years in York, wanted to purchase our first property, newly married. York, as, as you know, has quite a high starting point for, for property price. So we moved back to Scarborough in order to purchase our first home. And I was fortunate enough to be given the business manager's role in Barclays Bank. Wow, that's a bit of a change. Well, you could say that. It was a change in the, the product and the service that we were selling was different. Yeah. But the skills were completely transferable. It was a large conglomerate company. I was very used to complying with policy procedure that was set by people I've never met, yeah. HR department, etc. So I didn't find the transition that stressful. Obviously, undertook a large amount of training in financial products and services, which I then, you know, continued to do so for for over a decade, both in business banking and personal banking. My role within that within that company was to cover an area which was Whitby, Scarborough, York, Moulton. We had a large rural area with quite sparse footfall in comparison with yeah. somewhere like Leeds. So we had to do a lot more travel to get the, the, the business that we required. Was to open business accounts, help clients create business plans, apply for lending, apply for lending using submissions, liaise with underwriters. So I became rather okay with uh, things like risk, security, what was then data protection, now yeah. GDPR, <laughs> FCA regulated, then FSA regulated, all of which have, have stood me in good stead really to, to move into the legal sector. But of course, was absolutely aware that the, the actual topic itself needed to be studied yeah. in order to ensure that I was yeah. dealing with clients yeah. properly. I did that for a long time. It served me well. Within that time frame, I had both of my children. And during that period, you know, both myself and my husband had a, a period of assessing where we were in terms of the direction I wanted to go in professionally. And I made the leap then to go back to study. Wow. Huge decision. It was or a was huge it decision. Natural? Yeah, it yeah. was. So had you always had this? So all that time when you parked, did you just park the idea? Was it similar way in your mind all the time or did it just... Yeah, I want to do this. I, yeah, I always knew that I hadn't arrived at, yeah. at where I was yeah. meant to be, but that I was on my way. Yeah. Bit, bit indulgent, really, to say that. But yeah, I, f I felt that there was more to come. Yeah, We had our family quite young. I was 27 when I had my daughter. But, you know, I think that's the best decision I ever made because she's actually been privy to the... <laughs> you know, the studying and the stress yeah. and the, the the late nights and God knows what, and, and still is to a certain degree, but it, it's 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 setting her up for the sacrifices that she wants to be aware of if she wants to acquire any certain standard of life, really. Yeah. So. so how was that? So you, you uh, with your young children, you gave up your job or did you do study part-time or how did it work? So, well, I had a, a number of options. It was when Coventry University had set up, it had no campus. It had next to no tutors. It had no... I remember that. Yeah, yeah. When it was hosted in a freezing cold room in the spa. Yeah. So not long ago at all, really. So, yeah, I enrolled onto the law and practice degree, the BA. Obviously extremely nervous, but very excited to start the, the, the subject. And, yeah, don't regret a minute of it. It was fantastic. It was hard. In answer to your question, 
I worked three days a week for a number of years because of the, the fact that I was a, a mum of two young children. In year one, I didn't have a job. I focused wholly on study. You know, it was difficult. Financially, it was a change, but we got through it. And in year two, obviously, as a, a graduate, certainly a mature graduate or undergraduate, should I say, you, you start thinking about your CV again. Let's see what our options are to acquire some legal, practical knowledge mm-hmm. yeah. in, in a firm. Yeah. So where did you get that? So I sent my CV out to various places in, in the surrounding area of Scarborough. There aren't a great deal of them, yeah. but I was willing to, to take what was available. Yeah. I didn't hear anything back initially. I got a, a couple of very pleasant emails from a couple of individuals who gave me great feedback on my CV and said they weren't in a position to take me on. But I could do voluntary work. Well, I didn't need voluntary work. Yes. I needed paid employment. Yeah, exactly. And I did feel that perhaps, you know, without without meeting me, it would have been difficult for me to have given across what I could bring to the table. Yeah. Met with my now partner after a couple of email exchanges and was offered some paralegal in some legal assistant yeah. work initially in the litigation department of North Yorkshire Law. Fantastic. And the rest is history. Well, it, it is, yeah, isn't it? Isn't I was there for a number of months, and you know, North Yorkshire Law at that time, however, it was ticking over nicely, had had come off the radar somewhat in terms of yeah. its brand presence, yeah. and it didn't at the time have a clear plan as to which direction it was going, and other than sustaining what it was doing. I was used to a very fast-paced environment, always thinking about the next goal, planning for it, marketing it, etc. So. It was at times difficult for me to hold back and and I didn't hold back, which, you know, both myself and Richard established this working relationship whereby I'd say, what about this? What do you think about that? And he would give us some feedback and we started putting a few wheels in motion and very soon saw some very positive changes within the firm. Were you still a paralegal at this stage? Well, legal assistant. I couldn't even call myself paralegal. I wasn't even, you know, doing anything of substance other than supporting the senior fee earners at the time. Yeah. And I was studying. I was studying full-time as well, working 25 hours a week. So my working week, yeah, usually was about 65, 70 hours, which was not amazing for a work-life balance, yeah. but, you know, and parenting, which yeah. we all know what that's that's like. For some reason, things started to move in an extremely positive direction. We started to codify things, get our business plan together. And Richard then... Because of my history with dealing with kind of lending and contract work, and we decided to jointly work on relaunching the commercial department, which had all but disappeared, really. Right, yeah. Not for any other reason other than there was no successor to drive it, and we'd lost lost, uh, somebody who was extremely valuable in that department prior to me arriving, unfortunately. And we put that in, in motion, and the commercial department, within a year, was turning over, you know, a good 20% of the firms based on nothing starting from nothing so it was it was largely to do with us me reconnecting with the banking connections that I had and saying look this is the role I'm in now etc completed the degree which was fantastic were you one of the first graduates out of that I was so we were the first cohort okay excellent we were the first cohort fortunately our degree granted us exemptions from Silex and Silex is the Chartered Institute of Legal Executives which is a slightly different route or very different route really more vocational work-based route so I feel like I've had the best of both worlds I've obtained level six education but I've also acquired 
practical elements via the Silex route that had I done an LLB and LPC without a job wouldn't have had. So I do feel quite spoiled in that in that way. And and that's the route I've decided to take. We've had such success in such a shorter space of time. You know, the growth that we've had has been great. And the obviously the the profit that we've measured on the back of that, because obviously turnover means nothing unless yeah. you, you know you're yeah. fulfilling what you want to do. You know, reinvested it back in and, and put a lot into marketing and given back to the town really. We've done a lot of corporate responsibility work and yeah, it's been an amazing few years. I was asked to join the the partnership. There's myself and Richard now. We had a, a partner retire, but remains on as part of our team and is fundamental. And Richard asked me to be his business partner, and here we Fantastic. are. Fantastic. So legal assistant to equity partner in three years? In three years, yes. Wonderful. What's the key to your success, Natalie? I, I genuinely couldn't say. I think tenacious. You know, I've got quite a lot of tenacity. If I feel very passionately about something, I don't really accept the fact that it can't be done, which isn't everybody's approach and can be irritating to some, but I'm not a fan of complacency or getting comfortable. I think it's good to push yourself out of your comfort zone, try new things, recognise your capability. You know, law is a highly regulated industry and as such, you know, needs to be respected in terms of the compliancy. But we've got a very large senior management team you know we've got lawyers that have been with us for 40 years 25 years they've been practicing longer than I've been working and they are fundamental in that everybody owns their different area of the business and we work together as a team so you know whilst I bring the commerciality side and the you know for want of a better term of phrase you know the the sales side the marketing side and the networking element to it you know, that only stands for so much without the team completing the work and then them having the support of the relevant training and the marketing being aligned with that. You know, if one one yeah. plate drops, it all falls apart. Yeah. So we've found a really special group of people that all collaborate and, yeah. and make a success together. Fantastic. What's been the biggest... I'm guessing there's been times of, adver- of adversity in there. I don't think I've found anybody yet who's... Who's, who's arrived in their position without having overcome some challenges along the way. So is there anything you'd like to share, any particular time of, of adversity that makes you maybe want to shudder a bit now when you think about it, but it feels so good to pull through it? Yeah, I think like everybody, it's difficult to allow yourself to be vulnerable and exposed and admit that there was times where you thought, what the hell am I doing and yeah. can I do this? But we all feel like that and I think it makes you more human for admitting it. When I first joined, I went to a, a couple of functions with very well-respected, lovely people, lawyers, qualified people that were on route to becoming a solicitor, which is a different route to what I'd undertaken. And at times have been met with a kind of cold shoulder or a, oh, right, so you're the new kid on the block situation. And you, I think the only thing I can say to, to anybody who ever feels like that, if they do ever want to take advice from somebody like me, would be, you know, everybody's got a story. Everybody feels threatened or inadequate or insecure at some period. And it'll be for reasons that have nothing to do with the people in that room. Absolutely. It's all inner child stuff. Yes. It's all things that dad or mum said to you when you were younger and, or, you know, teachers, whatever. And I think we've all just got to remember that no one person is, is more or less important than the other. It's just about fulfilling your potential. And I'm fortunate to say that I think we have a really healthy, good 
culture within the, the legal sector. There's a number of different firms. I'm very fortunate that I get on with a great deal of people. And although we're competitors in inverted commas, everybody speaks to each other and shares ideas and goes to the same networking events. And I think we've got quite a special, you know, special culture in the sector in this area, yeah. really. It's highly competitive in York. Yeah. Slightly different. I think Scarborough's got something a bit special, really, in that respect. Have you come across, you know, are there more women in York? Uh, sorry, in Scarborough firms, do you think? Or is that a, a reason or is it just because we are here and we we sort of, we feel that we need to get together to fight together? Or? I mean, just as an observation, I don't know the stats on it at all, but as an observation, there seems to be more accessibility for working mums to qualify in law. Yeah. By qualify, I mean become a practising lawyer or a practising paralegal or indeed judges and advocates now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not limited to. Uh, people can now acquire audience rights, you know, rights of audience and be able to deliver in court and become advocates, which is huge, and even up to judges. I think that of late, it's not so much about sexism and whether or not somebody can do something because they're a male or female. It's about the logistics of it. The simple fact is that as mums, usually we are the people that sacrifice our professional career in order to prioritise our children. And that's a choice. Um, In some instances, that's not the case. I chose to do that, and I'm glad that I did. I was fortunate that, I mean, I juggled probably far too much for a short period of time, but I see individuals now male and female who are doing the silex routes who are working earning money paying a mortgage parenting taking the kids to football on a sunday and studying when they've took them in up at bed and and it is allowing a group of people who may have only ever stayed in the role that they're in now yeah unlock what potential they have and allowing them to qualify as lawyers and that's why i love the vocational route because yeah. otherwise such as a pupillage barristers yeah. it's unpaid it's you know and, and certainly with an lpc or even an llb i mean it's a full-time degree uh, but you know lpc you have to commit to traveling to leeds the nearest place to travel is to leeds parents can't usually give up a day they either can't afford it or they don't have the means to they've got school runs to do yeah so it's yeah. it, it, it affords a lot of people access to higher education yeah that's brilliant isn't it male off yeah so different from when i worked in law firms uh, about 15 years ago so things have changed for the better yeah i think so progress is progress isn't it and it's set to change again there's the solicitors qualifying examination coming in scheduled for 2021 which by all accounts is going to scrap the lpc route oh right altogether it it won't in any way take away from people that are in the process of obtaining that I believe there's a handover period, but it will allow anybody that studied to a certain level to do a conversion course, yeah. allowing them to become a solicitor. Whereas previously or currently, you do a, a GDL, which allows you to convert into a, a you know graduate diploma in law. You still have to complete your LPC. So it's good that you know the the, the law society and the industry as a whole are recognising that yeah, things have to move on and they have to move forward because law isn't an exclusive select industry. Everybody should be able to access it and practice it if they have the means and the drive and the knowledge to. Thank you. And so what's the future for for you or North Yorkshire Law or both? I think keep doing what we're doing. We've got 
work to do with our Whitby project, which is moving in the right direction. Still growing our commercial division, which is going extremely well. We've now got a fully staffed office in York, which was opened a year ago. And we keep doing effective marketing and training our team and supporting the direction that we want to go by communication. Internal communication is everything. Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, we have somebody who owns internal comms within the firm. There's three sites. There's only two of me and Richard. We have to make sure that all our staff feel listened to, you know, cascaded to, supported, and, and that's ongoing. It doesn't stop when you qualify as a solicitor. You need that continual support. So that's why usually I'm beavering around like a mad person yeah. in between various offices, just checking everyone's feeling supported. Yeah. Cool. And can I just ask you one question, Natalie, before we finish, which is something I ask most of my phenomenal female business bosses guests. If I, so I'm sitting here before you and I'm thinking about setting up a business, maybe in the law, but just setting, setting up a business. What would your advice be? For setting up? Wow, that's the question. I think make sure that whatever you do, you wholly believe in it. Yeah. Wholly believe in it and want to do it. If you're doing it just to make a bit of cash and move on to the next project, it's not going to drive you. It's not going to get you out of bed on the morning. It's not going to make you stay up late and finish off that report or get the passion in front of your staff when you're trying to have that meeting and instill that buy-in from them all. You have to believe in what you're doing. Wise words indeed. So thank you very much, Natalie, for being my guest today. It's great to have you on here. Thanks, Rahul. Thank you. In our conversation, Natalie said that internal comms is everything and she and her business partner work hard to make sure that their people feel listened to and are supported. I completely agree that good, clear communication is vital. Not just in business, of course, but in all aspects of life, really. To get the best out of employees, leaders have to convey clear messages, have open and honest communication and have to have a deep understanding and rapport with their people. Remember, Natalie spoke about being aware that everyone has a story. So it's having the skills to deliver your message, bearing in mind that your people are people, human beings. And of course, the greatest skill in communication is the ability to listen, really listen to words, the tone of voice, body language, the situation and your gut. We say that true communication is a response you get. So if you've communicated a message and are not getting the results you expected, then you probably want to rethink your communication because it obviously wasn't understood. How can you better convey your message? Well, there are lots of great books on how to create a culture for your business to maximise employee engagement and collaboration. I particularly like Kim Scott's Radical Candor, where she talks about her experience and learnings during her time at places like Apple and Google. Ultimately, as with all these things, it comes down to an individual's willingness to look in the mirror and really see how our own communication style impacts those around us. We need to be willing to change our behaviour and learn new ways of working with our team. It can be difficult and tough. You might need to ask your people for feedback on your communication style. You might not necessarily like what you hear. But it's that ability to be vulnerable and humble 
and accept the true communication. Or you can get a coach to help you. I work with executives and teams to help with this. One of the tools I always start with is DISC, D-I-S-C. It's a behaviour profiling tool that helps with understanding your own communication style and how to adapt it to different personality types to get the best out of them. I've talked about DISC on earlier episodes of this podcast, but if you want to know more, please just get in touch. Remember this, a leader's job is to communicate, so get really good at it. Thanks for listening. This has been Ros Jones on Bold Business Bits podcast show. Please subscribe to my show and I look forward to hearing from you again shortly. Bye for now. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with Bold Business Bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening.